0: Welcome to the CodeCast podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello everyone, welcome to the CodeCast podcast. Today, my name is Terry Fletcher. So you know what the last Tuesday of the month is, that is top 10 Tuesday. And I know we have a little bit of telehealth fatigue. I know we do, but we have to just talk about just, I want to give you the top 10 things to do or think about now when it comes to telehealth. Now that the PHE is over, we're three weeks post PHE and I'm still getting questions on things people's people are doing that we just can't do. So I just want to put it out there so that you have it, especially if you just haven't had the chance to either, um, you know, maybe order and purchase my on-demand telehealth, which you really should, or listen to any of the offerings I've given for either Namus or AAPC or boy, you name it, I've given it to everybody. So just make sure that you, you get some kind of Um, educational offering so that uh, so that you can be updated. But here's the top 10 things that you should definitely do now. Number one, make sure that you know that audio only telephone calls are for established patients only. So you have to have an established patient relationship to use the 99441 to 99443 codes or 98966 to 98968 codes. And remember the former codes I just mentioned that are, I should say the latter codes are for qualified healthcare professionals that do not have ENM services in their repertoire of codes they can bill. So we're talking about clinical social workers um, certain physical therapists, occupational therapists, things like this, things like that. So, we just want to make sure that we know that's not for RNs, it's not for LVNs, it's not for uh, MAs. Those, they do not have any kind of uh, billing power under telehealth. Number two, make sure that if your physician is Is scheduling audio only calls that is incorrect, especially if you've got a protocol where you told the patient to come back in the office in four to six weeks, and then you've got something saying, well, we're going to give you a call and you try to charge for it two weeks later to, and I'm air quoting check on them. Don't do that. So you have to make sure that it is medically indicated. The patient, um, I'd say instigated, but initiated the phone call and it is in place of an actual encounter. It's not just a checkup on anybody and it's not to be abused remember we're having all kinds of abuse on that number three make sure that you have either looked at you're considering you know what you're going to do because as of august 9th the office of civil rights they gave a 90-day extension from the post PHE saying that you have to have a HIPAA compliant uh, platform to do telehealth so you can't use skype and facetime after august 9th so you have to make sure that you've got something that is HIPAA compliant and also don't make assumptions. So if you're thinking you use zoom, which somebody told me today, it would have to be zoom for healthcare. So, because you have to pay for that platform, it can't be something that's free and you want to check. I know Doxy has things. That's a phone one. Um, They're obviously Microsoft teams NextGen. There's all kinds of different platforms for telehealth that are HIPAA compliant. You're going to need to find one. Number four, Make sure, and this is one, oh my goodness, this is one I saw today. Somebody said that we did, um, we built a 9921 through the 95 modifier because the patient wanted to get a dog for, Um, loneliness. That is not a reason. They just wanted something filled out on paperwork. That's not a reason for a telehealth visit. So if you're treating that patient's behavioral health or mental health issue, and that comes up within that conversation, then that's something. But if that is just something where, and you should have read the note, it just said patient um, calling to get a note signed so they can get a pet because they wanted what their apartment was saying was waived where they had a no pet clause. So that is not a reason for a telehealth visit. It's not medically necessary. It has no value at all as far as telehealth. So please don't do that. And the reason I found out about it is because the payer found out about it. And not only do they want the money back on that visit, but now they're opening them up for an audit. So be cautioned about that. What you can do. So I'm going to give you some positives too. make sure that if you are going to bill a telehealth visit, that you actually update your consents. Right now, I'm still seeing everybody using what we use during PHE, which said we use it to stop or slow the spread of COVID. Well, we're not doing that anymore. Remember the public health emergency is over. We know that Whether you have a vaccine or not, or whether you have immunity or not, nothing will stop or slow the spread. So at this point, um, it's basically just to mitigate possibly the response to it. But that's really not why we're doing telehealth anymore, is it? No, we're doing telehealth now because it's convenient probably don't want to put that in the patient's chart, but if you're doing any audio only, you have to say why they were not available for an audio and video visit. So that's not just Medicare, it's Medicaid, and it's a lot of commercial plans. Um, Number six, make sure that you're checking to see if you have to use the payer commercial plan, their panel. So a lot of payers, because of the Obamacare Act and the Affordable Care Act, they have to offer telehealth, but they don't have to offer it for your provider. So some patients are getting these surprise bills, and we know we're not allowed to do that under the No Surprise Act, And they, they're thinking that they still have telehealth coverage when technically they do, but not with their own provider. They have to use a panel physician that is regulated by the actual commercial plan. So take a look at that and make sure that that's something that they're allowed to, that they can still have your office provide that. Annual well visits, can those be done over telehealth? Yes, they can. So make sure that you have some kind of um, policy or some kind of workflow in your office, knowing that the annual well visit with Medicare, that can be done through virtual means, uh, as long as you have a supervising physician that is overseeing what that patient or what that uh, provider is doing uh, with that service. So it's actually a great way to do it. Um, Also in telehealth, make sure that if you are seeing a patient that it's could, couldn't possibly be an appropriate visit. This is a big thing. So if it's a patient that's requesting to come in, or if it's a patient that has something that should be seen, maybe a neurological deficit or a palpated mass or something that really can't be done over a virtual means, a virtual encounter, then you're going to want to also make sure that Um, You get them in for a uh, in-person visit because remember you can't discourage them from in person. You can always only as an extension have telehealth available. Number eight, update your consents. So consent forms are completely outdated right now. You were supposed to update them once a year. I know a lot of people got complacent about that and forgot to do that. So we uh, always want to make sure that we have that covered and that uh, those are being updated because they're good for a year and you can do it at the time of that visit, but it doesn't mean that um, you should let that go. The last thing I'm going to say in number 10 on behavioral health, remember behavioral health services. And remember, there's a list still that came out on the 9th of May on what's still covered under telehealth. And when it comes to behavioral health, it's not the ENM services. It's the behavioral health counseling services that they're allowing under telehealth. So um, you have to stay in your lane with your services. And I'll, I'll actually give you a bonus one as well. I had a question today come from a, a practice saying that well, we we just listened to your um, your webinar on telehealth, and we just found out that we're doing some visits over Zoom, and we're doing it for only with our nutritionist, and it's just for um, GI diagnoses. And I'm like, well, unless it's unless it's for uh, di- diabetes management, or if it's nutritional you know therapy codes, uh, or if it's for um, chronic kidney disease, then that's not covered. And they're just like, what about obesity? I go, as it relates to a diabetic patient. So if that's not what it is, then it's not a covered service you might have some commercial plans that may pay for a minimal visit, but most of them will not. They really follow Medicare on that. So you you don't want to bill anything. Luckily that they said, well, we're doing it, but we haven't built it out yet. We want to in the future. And that would be incorrect because those are tied to diagnose specific diagnosed services. So that's your kind of your telehealth, uh, you know, top 10 list of things you want to be mindful of but just make sure you're not billing anything out just to go check on a patient. It's just wrong. We didn't do it before the pandemic and we shouldn't do it after. So it's always, it's always good to err on the side of caution and making sure that you are um, specific in that this has to be a replacement for an encounter and just doing it for convenient services when the patient really should be seen. I mean, think about those patients who haven't been seen in three years You know, you might have patients who just haven't bothered to come in. You probably should make it a best practice in your office to get them in again to see them in person before you offer another telehealth visit, especially patients that you're dispensing meds. So, initially, you still have to have that visit, it's that six month visit. To refill that you did that has been delayed. And so you always want to know what your rules say, know what Medicare and the third parties are saying, but be very cautious about how you're using telehealth now because we don't want you to get in trouble by using it just for convenience and it being somebody who overutilizes it. So provider enrollment forms are important because at the end of 2023, you're going to have to add your location. And I mentioned that in a couple of episodes previously. So we always want to keep that in mind and keep that fresh in your mind too. So my personal tidbit today, I'm actually going to do a public service announcement only because I think this is important. I, you know, recently saw my physician, just, you know, as soon as you hit a certain age, they're like, and I'm not saying I'm old, but I, I did hit the 5.0. So I just want to make sure that we have, um, you know, just some good habits and we all want to do that. So you want to focus on things to avoid inflammation. We're heading into the summer months and it's important to always try to take care of yourself. So you want to focus on whole unprocessed foods and limit the fried and high fat foods. If you can, you know that. So here's something it's called eat this, not that. So whole grain bread, cereals and pastas that are whole grains. So eat this, not that refined processed carbohydrates, such as white bread and pastries, shoot, um, eat this almonds, hazelnuts, walnuts, vegetables, and hummus uh, with hummus or bean dip. And then not that processed snacks such as chips. Oh man, I'm losing my chips. Um, I love to, re- I love my chips and salsa. If you have to cheat, that would be a great way to cheat. Fruit, uh, make sure, eat this, fr- uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. I'm not a fruit person, so this will be tough. At least three times a day as part of a meal is SAC plan. You wonder where I got this from? Yeah, I got this from the Heart Association. Um, not that, soda and other sweetened vet- uh, beverages. That's not hard for me because I drink unsweetened iced tea. And then eat this, poultry, beans, or grilled fish, and not that, red meat and burgers or steaks. On That should be just moderation, just be very careful. Eat this um, fish, such as salmon, tuna, and mackerel. See, mackerel to me is cat food. I don't know if I could do that. And then not that processed meat, deli meats, hot dogs. Wow, we just got off of a Memorial Day weekend. I guess we won't be doing that for a while. And then eat this olive oil, not that margarine or shortening or lard. And then uh, eat this The last one, low-fat dairy products, including cheese and yogurt and eggs in moderation. And then not that high-fat dairy products, whole milk, hollandaise sauce. They had to tell us we can't have Holiday sauce or French fries, really. Anyway, hopefully you might you don't mind my public service announcements really for me to say it out loud, but join me in the fact that at least we'll try to lower some things in moderation, try to be a little healthier. We just had a holiday, and at least let's try to do it for June, since we know that 4th of July comes and we might have be back to that hot dog. So everyone, ha- thanks for being with me today and make it a great day, a great rest of your week, and thanks for listening to the Codecast Podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma. Music producer Assassin Music.